Chapter 5 of Hawaiian Sea Hunt Mystery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Recording by Peter Tomlinson, London, 2017. Chapter 5 Detective Biff. Thomas Brewster read the startling story hurriedly. Biff read along with him. The story was sketchy. There were few details. Dr. Weber had been scheduled to open the first session of the Mining Engineers Conference the previous afternoon. The meeting had started, but Dr. Weber failed to appear. When the meeting ended and Dr. Weber was still missing, the police were notified. Do you know anything about this, Hank? Mr. Brewster asked Hanali Menenili. Hanali was the Hawaiian form of the proper name, Henry. Among his business associates, Mr. Mahenili liked to be called Hank. His Hawaiian friends called him Hanale. Yes, my friend, I do, Mr. Mahenili replied. It is most sad, most frightening. In fact, I was the one who discovered his disappearance. When and how, Mr. Bruce's voice showed his concern. Yesterday afternoon at the opening of the conference... Tom Brewster turned to his wife. Martha, why don't you take Ted and Monica over to that bench and sit down? We'll only be a minute. Biff, you stay with me. I want you to know what's going on. Sorry, Hank, but I didn't want my wife alarmed. Please continue. Biff felt highly pleased that his father wanted him in on whatever was happening. Well, Tom, when Johann failed to appear at his place at the speaker's table, I thought at first he might have been detained, perhaps held up by traffic, or that he might have been napping after lunch and had overslept. He's an old man, you know, and not too strong. Yes, I know, we've all been worried about him. He still tries to do too much for a man his age. I waited about fifteen minutes, Hanale Mahanili continued. Then I left the head table to go to his hotel. He's staying at the Royal Pontiana. On my way there, my fears that he had become ill increased. Mr. Mahanili paused, as if ordering his thoughts. Yes, yes, go on. At the hotel I rang his room. There was no answer. I went to the desk and they told me they believed the doctor was still in his room. He hadn't left his key at the desk which was his habit every time he left the room. I bet you were really worried then, Biff said. I certainly was, young man. I called the manager and we went up to Johann's room. The manager had a pass key, and after knocking we entered his suite. And no Johann Weber, Mr. Brewster said. That's right, Tom. He has a two-room suite. He wasn't in either room. Was there any evidence that the room had been searched? Mr. Mahanili shook his head. It was hard to tell. Papers on his desk were in a disordered mess. Two drawers in his bureau were pulled out, with clothing messed up, and a few things strewn on the floor. But you know how careless Johann was. He was never one for neatness and order. But it could have been someone else who had searched the desk and pulled out the drawers, Mr. Brewster said. Yes, it could. There is no way of telling, definitely. Sir, said Biff, were you able to get any idea of when... He had last been in his room. No, Biff, we weren't. I was coming to that. We questioned the elevator operators and the desk clerks, both night and day clerks. None of them could remember when they had last seen the doctor. 
Biff's brows were knitted in questioning thought. Sir, I'd like to make a suggestion, or rather ask you this. Do you know if Dr. Weber usually had his breakfast in his room? Why, the idea never occurred to us. Good thinking, son, Mr. Brewster said. And were the maids asked if his bed had been slept in the night before? Henry Mahanilli gave a shrug of helplessness. I'm afraid, young man, that you're a far better detective than I am. No, the maids weren't questioned. Well then, Dad, Thomas Brewster interrupted his son. I'm right with you, Biff. Our first stop in Honolulu had better be the Royal Pontiana Hotel. My car's right outside. Your luggage should be off the plane by now, Mr. Mayanilli said. The hotel's on the beach, Waikiki Beach. I'm sure your family would enjoy seeing the most famous beach in the United States. Gee, that's great, Biff said. Ted and Monica will flip, and so will I. After all, we're tourists. All right, let's go. Luggage and family were assembled and placed in Mr. Mahanelli's open convertible. The Brewsters were in for a thrilling ride. Leaving the airport, Mr. Mahanelli turned into a dual thoroughfare called Ala Moana. They crossed the Ala Way Canal, nearing the famous Waikiki Beach section. On the right, Mr. Mahanelli pointed out, is the Kapiyama Basin. Yachts of every colour and description lay at anchor in the beautiful harbour. Some were moving out into the main harbour of Honolulu. Everywhere the Brewster family looked, they saw flowers. One street would be lined with trees bearing white flowers. The next street would be one of red flowering trees, or yellow, or deep blue. The car turned off Ala Moana onto Kalia Road. They saw the gleaming dome of the Hawaiian village. To their right now they could see the beautiful hotel standing like sentinels guarding the beach. Then Mr. Mahanelli turned the car into the spacious Garden of Eden-like grounds of the Royal Pontiana Hotel. Mrs. Brewster and the twins walked down to the beach. Biff, his father, and the Hawaiian friends went into the hotel. The manager of the Royal Pontiana received the two men and Biff in his office. Biff looked at his father. Go ahead, Biff. This was your idea. Sir, Biff said, addressing the manager. I wonder if you could find out if Dr. Weber usually had his breakfast in his room since he's been here. Easily, young man. Won't take a minute. The manager picked up the telephone on his desk. And would you ask if he had breakfast there yesterday morning? The manager nodded his head and spoke into the phone. He asked both questions Biff had suggested, nodded his head and replaced the phone on its cradle. No real help there. Sometimes he called for breakfast service, sometimes not. Yesterday morning, room service reports there was no call from Suite 210-11. That's where Dr. Weber was staying. Well, one more thing, Biff continued his role of detective. Would the same maids who were on duty yesterday be on duty this morning? I'll check that with the floor supervisor. I think I know what your question will be. Had Dr. Weber's bed been slept in? Biff smiled. That's right, sir. Again, the manager placed his call and asked his questions. The floor supervisor will call back as soon as she's checked. Only take a minute or two. While we wait, let me extend my welcome to Hawaii to you. I regret that this most unfortunate situation has come about. But I'm sure Dr. Weber will be found. Thank you, Thomas Brewster said. I hope you are right. The telephone rang. Yes, yes, I see. Thank you. The manager replaced the phone. 
The supervisor says the maid who takes care of that suite said Dr. Weber's bed had not been slept in Monday night. Biff looked away from his father to Mr. Mayanelli. Nothing was said for a moment. Then Mr. Brewster spoke. Any more questions, Biff? No, sir. I can't think of anything else, Dad. Not now. Well, we have established the fact that Dr. Weber must have disappeared sometime on Monday, Mr. Brewster said. That was the day he telephoned you, wasn't it, Dad? Biff asked. Yes, I talked to him late in the afternoon. Here, that would have been around noon, Hawaii time. I know he was calling from this hotel, so we can pinpoint his disappearance on somewhere between noon Monday to early Monday night. The doctor always retired early. Thank you very much for your cooperation, Mr. Pearson, Mr. Mahanelli said. With Biff and his father, he arose and left the manager's office. They walked out into the bright sunlight and across a broad patio hedged in by flame-coloured flowers. The beach of Waikiki was right in front of them. As they walked toward it to find Mrs. Brewster and the twins, the swarthy man with the camera, who had been at the airport earlier, stepped from behind a palm tree and watched them go. End of chapter 5